Hello to the OCD family community. I am bringing in this episode tattered, tired, but I'm here. And I'm glad you're here because today I'm welcoming back my handsome hubs as we celebrate all the amazing learning that we have done over season one. So come on in and celebrate with us. I'm Nicole Morris, licensed marriage and family therapist and mental health correspondent. And let me be the first to say, welcome to the family, the OCD family that is. I am here to create a community of support for family members, spouses, partners, parents, adult children, as there may be adult words, and chosen family of OCD sufferers and their community. I've had over 22 years of experience in the mental health field, but please note that this information does not qualify or substitute as a diagnostic evaluation, therapy, or treatment, and it is presented on an as-is basis. Please follow up with a qualified mental health provider in your area regarding concerns for yourself or loved ones. Thank you for joining us today. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the OCD Family Podcast. Hey. Hey, I am here with my handsome hubs, Patrick. How are you? I'm good. (laughs) Thank you for coming back. So today is the last day of season one full-length episodes, which might sound a little confusing. I am going to be doing a summer series, so I'm not completely disappearing here, fam. But... I'm going to be doing a different kind of series over the summer while my kiddos are on summer break, while we are all probably doing more travel and different things. Of course, we still have the catalog of all these amazing episodes, but I'm just going to have these little weekly shorts, and I'm excited to tell you guys more about that at the end of the show. Patrick is well aware because I've been working on it for months. And your desk is covered with evidence about what is to come (laughs) Uh. here. I know. I'm kind of over that, too. It but, makes me smile. Well, thank you. Although my hard work has paid off, I think. So mm-hmm. I'll talk about that a little bit later. I think you're going to surprise a lot of people. I think I've surprised myself a little bit. Uh, you've surprised me. I've surprised you. Plus, there's going to be a giveaway where we announce the winner at the launch of the summer series. Mm-hmm. So that'll be another reason to tune in as well. I tell you what, all you need to do is uh, let people know about free stuff and you'll have like you'll like have a thousand people it's in an true. hour line up to listen to your podcast. It's true. So people around our town love some free shit and that's true. That is it's true. so true. That is true. So I should probably tell them that I'm giving away free shit. They won't Mm -hmm. even like, they may have never even heard of the podcast and they're like, I'll do it. I'll do it. What people will do for a t-shirt around here. But hey, I'm not harping on people. Times are tough. And you know, things for free are always fun. Actually, what I will say is, have you, you've run a race with me before. So I have run a lot of half marathons. I've done a full marathon. I did the LA marathon ages ago, but I love myself a race expo. Too, and it probably is the free shit, like, enjoyment part of me. You know, I- I'm not saying I'm immune. I mean, <laughs> when, I go, when I go to, like, developer conferences and stuff, uh-huh. to, uh, the software engineering stuff, it's like, developers make pretty good money, but then they're like, yeah, a free t-shirt, rock on. Right? You when know? you went to CES, you got a bunch of yeah. good shit when you were in Vegas. Yeah. We went to CES years ago. Bill Clinton was, like, the keynote speaker, I remember. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yep. y- y'all, okay, Vegas, little side note on Vegas. 
for any of you guys in the States or who have ever been to Vegas, Vegas is very notorious for different casinos and gambling and prostitution. They are? But no. <laughs> I can do Vegas for like two, three days. But after that, I hit my fill. And Oh, that's a common saying. Like, you know, two days isn't enough. Three days is perfect. Four days, get me out of here. That's know. usually what I a lot know. of people say. Three days say. might be too much for me. Really? First of all, I'm not a big gambler. Yeah, yeah. Second Same. of all, it's hot outside. It's right. dry heat, but it's freaking hot. Or it's freezing inside because it's freaking hot outside. Mm-hmm. Right? So well, that's... it is the desert, so sometimes you get crazy storms and stuff, too. Me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, there are. So if you've ever been to Vegas and you walk down the street, there's like these grandmas on the sidewalk. Flicking the cards. Flicking these cards in your face. I got Mm -hmm. two Vegas stories. I'm sorry, y'all. I have to tell both of these because these are good ones. So there's grandmas flicking the cards and they're like prostitution cards, strip club cards, whatnot. I'm not knocking on people that get caught up in sex trafficking or whatnot. If anything, I have a lot of. Empathy and social justice. Oh, yeah. Call for like helping save these people. But these grandmas go out, like they're older folks, and they're flapping these cards in your face. They are peddling sex in your face. Peddling young ladies. Young ladies. Probably too. Probably men too, but mostly ladies Mm -hmm. corner the market. And at a certain point, like the very first moment that I encounter it, I'm not enjoying it, right? Mm-hmm. And they'll do it in my face. They'll do it in Patrick's face. We could, yeah. we, we could be like making out, sloppy drunk on the sidewalk, and they would like shove like a They're little like, pamphlet you know what you between need? us. You know what you need? Like, a third gr- wheel. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing, They're Grandma? Like, go home. They're like, hot girl, hot girl, and they'll like shove these these little things in your face. Anyone who's been to Vegas knows what they we're know what we're about. talking about. Yeah. But by the second or third day, I remember, I think it was that <laughs> CES trip. <laughs> we were walking down the strip, and I'm just over it, y'all. I'm yeah. over the whoring out of people like they are the pieces of meat. Yeah, right. Prostitution is legal in Nevada, uh, in parts of Nevada, in parts not of, all in Las Vegas. No. No, that's are you a man. Are just shitting me that they are sitting Hold there on. with the flapper crap and no. it's not Actu- even legal in Las Vegas? Actual prostitution is not legal in Las well, Vegas. Well, where do we draw the line between actual prostitution and I these mean, I'm not an services. expert in these matters, but what I will say <laughs> is I, I do know it's actually only legal in a couple of like very small podunk little counties in Nevada. So it is legal in Nevada in a couple of places, but that's it. In podunk, in the sex in the middle of nowhere. Mecca's of Nevada. Well, anyway, they they somehow they lead, it has to be. I think legal what they're doing they're, is they're trying to get you to do escorting services, which is like prostitution in air quotes, you know, or strip clubs. Yeah, right, right. So the grandmas right. are out there, and they're like, "Hot girl, hot girl," and they're right. like, "Shove, shove this." You could be like literally like making out on the sidewalk, and they would still like slip this card between you. And I just get fussy. And so if you all need to know (laughs) when she gets fussy, it's like a nuclear bomb goes off in the (laughs) city block and everybody is blown backwards with the amount of shockwave that occurs. Do not cross, Nicole. And so about three days into Vegas, and I think it was that CES trip, we're walking down the strip. Somebody shoved some prostitution card in my face. And I look at this woman and I was like, no. 
I don't want this prostitution. And who, what, what is wrong with you? Like, who <laughs> sold you into slavery that you think it's okay to go out and objectify and sell these young women to other people? Like, they're just a piece of meat. And my husband at the time, we were married, but he was, he was, like he it. was like, he looked at me and he was like, you're making a scene kind of thing, right? And because I was thinking like, these women are out on the street do, peddling this stuff. You're not going to change their mind. Oh, poor women. Well, yeah, I don't care if I change their mind. Well, that wasn't enough. the point, but he was like, you're making a scene. Yeah, There's no, people that's looking. true. And I was like, I hope they do. They're selling women. That's not okay. Were we married yet? Yeah, we were married. Okay, okay. I've, I'm pretty sure we were married. And then he is like not wanting me to make a scene about how I'm making a scene about how he thinks it shouldn't be a scene and that should be okay. And, you know, like it's a whole thing. So that's my first Vegas story. <laughs> Second Vegas story, my mother. This is this is true story. In fact, it happened today. We are recording this early my mom has an affinity for $2 bills. She loves a good crisp $2 bill. She worked in banking for many years. And for a birthday or a anniversary or whatever holiday, if she was going to give you money, give it all in crisp twos. $2 okay. bills. $2 bills. $2 bills. Two. And they exist. Yes, they do. And most people are like, is this real? Yeah, it's real. And my mom requests them specifically from the bank because she just <laughs> likes them. Okay. And so we go to Vegas. I think it was a little bit, or it was either around Christmas or I don't know. We had seen her and we weren't going to see her for Christmas or something. She gave me a gift and it was in $2 bills. A wad of $2 bills. Somehow a wad. A wad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I somehow convinced Patrick to go to the Celine Dion show with me, which was not his first choice or his last choice. It wasn't a choice really for him. But he was like away working and I'm like watching because I'm a gamble. So I was like up watching TBS Friends reruns, which was awesome, honestly. But I'm like, I really want you to go to the Celine Dion show with me. I heard there was some cool stuff. It was it. a great show. Sure. She's amazing. Yep. She's a powerhouse. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so this was years ago, but there's essentially the equivalent to TKTS, which is the discount the, Broadway uh, counter the, in buy New York. the Broadway tickets on the street thing. Yes. But it's legit, though. It's not, but it's like, legit. It's not in people's it's jackets not, or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like scalpers like, hey, I, right, right. <laughs> I got to take a master for you. Mm. And so Patrick and I go and we get in the Vegas version of TKTS and we stand in line. We get up to the front and we get these... Vegas tickets for Celine Dion. I'm nerding out. And so we get up to the front and we go to pay. And I have a shit ton of $2 bills because I just, I try <laughs> to spend them all in one sitting too. Because people always think it's fake and I feel awkward a little bit spending them. Because they're like, is this a real bill? And stuff. So anyway, we get up <laughs> to the front. We go to pay for Celine. And as I hand her the $2 bills, there's a bit of culture that I learned that day. That $2 bills are often the currency preferred to slip into the G-string of strippers. Why twos? I don't know. I mean, I, I yeah, that's weird. That's but weird. I bet they like them better than ones, I guess. Because <laughs> it's double the one. <laughs> double I one. suppose that's Double why. the one. Double the fun. Uh, yes. Yes. And so <laughs> we get up there. We're paying. And I'm thinking this girl's going to be like, are these real? And instead she goes... Well, someone's been to the strip club. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> because remember, these are from my mom, and I have no context for what in the hell she's talking about. And I was like, my mother gave me these $2 bills. And, and then she, she's like, at the strip club? She's like, <laughs> she, she was like, is she a stripper? And I was like, the girl. And Patrick's like, no, 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 no. Because he can already see the fuse going. Like, we had been there, like, two days. I was, like, at a tipping point. And he was like, your mom's (laughs) not a stripper. But I was very pissed at the audacity of suggesting. And for her, she was like, y'all, we don't get $2 bills unless strippers up in here go into a show. So it, it is what it is. If your mom's a stripper, no shame. And the moral of the story is if your mom's a stripper, there is no shame. But my mom's not a stripper. And I didn't appreciate the question. So those are my biggest stories. How's that for an intro? So what we're going to talk about today, it is a celebration. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of my mom not being a stripper, let's get back to the celebration. And so we're going to be talking about a lot of fun things. I have a giveaway, as we've alluded to. We both have drinks. We have drinks. I have a margarita. Uh Uh-huh. You have a mint Mint julep. julep. Which Patrick recently went on a little bourbon tour through the Midwest and the South and had the best mint julep slash the only mint julep pretty much that he had ever had. I had always thought a mint julep was very different. He came back inspired, y'all. Patrick this year has been on like this quest to become a master mixologist and I'm here for it. Mm Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing some games tonight. So if y'all have been around for a minute, we did a holiday episode around Christmas time and Hanukkah, and it was really fun and people enjoyed it. And it was a nice way to kind of sum up the road so far. And now as we're bringing these full length episodes to an end, just for now, y'all, we're going to come back in August I keep saying we because it's you and me, fam, right? But in August, I will be going back to those full-length episodes and doing a summer series in the interim. But I think this will be a really nice way to recap some of the things we've learned. I have some games. I have some trivia because Patrick loves trivia. He's so good at it. (laughs) He is... He hates trivia, to be honest, but he has listened to every episode of OCD Family Podcast. Thanks, Patrick. I love you. I love you, too. And so the trivia is mostly about the podcast, and I think you'll have a fair shot because you have listened to all the podcasts. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. (laughs) So first up, we have a game, and this game, I chose different games from our holiday episode. I love a good game. I, I love a good game, and this one is called, this first one is called Forbidden Words. This is the OCD family style edition. And Forbidden Words is very similar to Taboo, where there is going to be a certain word, a certain theme on a card. And y'all, we're going to do a couple of these. We'll do a couple of little rounds. But I am going to post the PDFs of these game cards if people want to play them in therapy, if they want to do it as a family activity. To vary their practice for their OCD homework throughout the week, whether it's ERP, ICBT. And so I think that it's really fun and you're welcome to go to OCDFamilyPodcast.com and download those if you enjoy what you hear. So what we're going to start with is forbidden words. So there's like five terms on each card that cannot be mentioned as clues to help guess the word, okay? Mm-hmm. Words you can't say. Words you can't say. But you're trying to 
say you're trying to get the other person to say the word or phrase or whatever the word right yeah. uh very much like ocd right mm-hmm. Ooh, the layers so patrick would you like to go first sure okay so you're gonna draw a card i'll just take from the top oh okay and i have to guess what your word is I, i'm not gonna lie I, I i'm very scared because <laughs> i'm looking at this card and i'm like what the hell is this <laughs> I don't know. Okay, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna. I'm gonna if go you, for it. If you really don't. No, no, know no, no, what no. It is. Let's see. Uh, okay. Um, brain question marks. Brain question marks. <laughs> brain question marks. Uh. Boy, what could that be with OCD? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Obsessions. No. Um. Inane. Inane brain question marks. Uh, uh, okay. Um, compulsions? No. Uh, okay. If it's too hard, you can pass because we've got many cards. I know, I know, but I really want to get you to do this. Okay. Um, ah. The I in ICBT. Inference. Uh-huh. Inferential confusion. Yes. Okay. Brain question marks. Confusion. (laughs) I need to teach you more about inferential confusion, but that was a good guess. That's an ICBT term. I knew I'd be able to get you to do it. You know what? I like it because ICBT is new, especially to people in the States. Knew that the I was inference based. So there you go. Inferential confusion. So you. You can see there's a mixture of ERP and ICBT cards mm. in here. And if you don't practice one or the other, okay, you can always sort it out. There's also blank cards. Yep. Okay, I'm I'm picking one. Okay. We'll see. Ooh, it's one of yours. Ooh. <laughs> okay. All right. I like the words you said I can't use. <laughs> I was pleased with a few of my cards. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I think on this one you might have been a little struck, though. <laughs> some of the words you picked. You'll have to He's tell like, the audience. Articles. Okay. All right. Okay. Moving my hanger correctly or grandma dies. I know this one. Magic thinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the audience the words you couldn't. I couldn't use the word power. Uh-huh. So I didn't have magic powers. If. <laughs> I was like, well, if, if I do this, if, okay, I can't do All that. right, all right. I'll give you if, that. <laughs> this is a blank card you made, y'all. I. <laughs> the, the letter I. The letter if I. I do X. I'm like. I shows up in enough words and sentences that really kind of blocks me. Happen? <laughs> you know, it almost makes a whole sentence. Yeah. If I happen. Yes, exactly. Okay. And me. me. But I used my, so it's my. close, yes. but no cigar. Okay. So good. I thought about putting my on there, too. Just to make it impossible. <laughs> That's what this game's about. Make it impossible. <laughs> We're very competitive in this house. Nothing says a fun game like impossibility. <laughs> because OCD is all about possibility, right? Oh, oh, it's another one of yours. Okay. Hmm. It's what looking at is it like... that? Oh, no. What is that? I don't even know what that is. Do you need to pick a different card? I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
What? What is that? When did that come I up? What, when did that come no. up in an episode? I have referenced it. In like episode two or something? <laughs> <laughs> I listened to all the episodes. <laughs> Keep this in mind for trivia. Mm-hmm. The, the, I am not good at trivia. The word he sucks at it. He hates it. His memory, it, like, he has a, a certain memory for certain things. Like, he could remember the opening score to a random movie that he saw 20 years ago. But Absolutely. he cannot tell you where the keys are I or can what hear we it. said I last I can week. hear it note for note in my he head. Like, okay. His, th- his word was subjective units of distress or suds. That is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was tempted to say... Bubbles. Well, suds. <laughs> suds. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't know what... <laughs> All right, listen. Suds is the scale from 1 to 10, how distressed you are. Oh, okay. So, or 1 to 100, whatever you prefer. I generally do 1 to 10. But if you're doing the thermometer measurement scale rating of where your distress is, like before an exposure, during, or after, which is very familiar for ERP. And uh-huh. we have done those ratings with Jack. He just didn't realize it was called suds. There you go. Yeah, scrub-a-dub-dub, suds, bubbles. That's like when you go to the hospital and they have the little pictures of the smiles. Yes. It goes from smile, like, all the way big clown freaky smile, all the way down to really, really sad, like, distressed. I almost put that in my patient exam room (laughs) with with (laughs) little, (laughs) you know what I'm saying. I do. That'll be explained later. Okay. Right. People you are like, what? No, My we are. patient We're exam room? <laughs> <laughs> what? Where you see your clients? <laughs> that could be taken the wrong way. Oh, all right, give me another it's card. It's the right kind of wrong. All right, all right. Here all we right. go. All right, all right. Here we go. Okay, this is one I can do. Well, that's good. <laughs> He's heard of this one. Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. Something... That is congruent. Don't say congruent if it's one of the words. Did you say one of the words? I almost said a word. <laughs> he said congruent. What other word could that be? <laughs> well, I saw. Okay, I can't say. I can't say you in can't. sync. <laughs> I can't say in sync. Well, I know what it is and now. My, and my Egocentonic. And my thumb was covering th- congruent. Uh-huh. And then I moved my thumb and I'm like. Egocentonic. Do you know what egocentonic means? Yes, it means? means in sync with your values. Basically, every word that I couldn't say. <laughs> here are the words I couldn't say. Values preferred, like congruent and in sync. Uh-huh. Like, how am I supposed to say? I almost said in parallel. But well, that would have not that been worked. on there. But then I thought, well, that doesn't necessarily mean in sync. But anyway. I mean, it's all I ever wanted. <laughs> it's all I ever needed. Okay, now I'm gonna pick one. Egocentonic. I'm so, just yes. happy I knew what that one was. Well, I should hope you know that one. Since he's listened, not to judge. Hey, y'all, if you're new and you're like, ego what? Egocentonic? That's fine. If you've listened to all the episodes and you're still like, egocentonic? Is that a brand new word? Now we visit the patient exam room and we go, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tested me out. I picked one of yours. Yay. Okay. Ah. So if I'm in the lavatory... (laughs) (laughs) 
the loo. <laughs> Toilets. <laughs> Toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Any guesses? Hand washing. <laughs> so you guys, <laughs> she couldn't say bathroom. I couldn't say bathroom. Soap, clean, compulsive, or sink. But fortunately, I know more words the for loo. bathroom. <laughs> immediately knew what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that's funny. Granted, hand-washing is kind of like a, I don't know, like a very basic way of thinking of OCD Room. and all that. When it you, is a thing. But, yes. I was like, I thought of one. Yay! <laughs> hand-washing. You're like, have you there's, learned anything from my no, podcast? No, it's fine. Hand-washing is a thing. Some I people know. think it's the only thing. It's not the only but thing. That's but like, that's like... Uh, it's fine. That's okay. All right. Let's All right. do one more round. One each for Ooh, I got each one of us. yours. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. He looks like he had mind, inane brain questions on his face. <laughs> mind thinking that goes on and on and on. Obsessions? Yes. Ah, mind thinker. That's very, very good. Yes. Yes. There were a lot of... Very identifying words that you cannot say. Yes. <laughs> okay, last but not least, uh, I'm going to uh, pick one. Okay, things or conditions you take medication for. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know I wrote it, but I... Things or conditions you take medication for? Well, what do you for? take medication for? Headaches? <laughs> uh, more clues. Something that Jack deals with, I deal with, you deal with, your mom deals with, my mom oh, deals with. And it's very common, is it's it? so common. As in like maybe 1% of the population? It's so common. <laughs> <laughs> As in maybe 50% of the population? It's so common. <laughs> yes, that it's part of every disorder that exists, huh? I know. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. It's not that common. No, it's common. It's anxiety. Yes, yes. anxiety. All right. Very, very good. Yes, All right, yes, Morris. Yes, yes, yes. You, uh, you got through that game. That was very, very good. Mm-hmm. This next game, I think, is going to be fun, too. So, I'll be the judge. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this next game is a storytelling game. All right. And yes. it's inspired by Module 3 of Inference-Based CBT Treatment. So there are 12 modules in ICBT, and the third one is all about storytelling, where we, as part of the practice and session during homework, we invent these positive and negative stories about different things as we start to learn more about how OCD creates these obsessional stories and how we can also have alternate or counter stories based on our here and now five sense reality. So what we're going to do is to bring this module to life, we're going to practice like we would or as a client might go and practice during their week in inventing positive and negative stories. And we are storytellers. So Patrick actually has... A degree in storytelling. <sighs> a film a film degree. <laughs> wow. Well take it's been that a aspiring while. artist. Aren't you proud of yourself? It's been a while. It's been a while. No, but you continue 
need to tell stories. You do. You do. That's true. I tell Jack stories. You do. And at Halloween and all sorts of things. He That's likes true. to tell multimodal stories, too. Like, he likes to use lighting, sound mm-hmm. effects. Yep. Script, vantage points, how camera angles, all sorts of things. We don't have, like, just average stories going on over here. So I think you'll be good at this one. So what we're going to do is we're going to pick some random objects in the room. And we're going to create stories based on something we're going to draw a positive and a negative or whatever descriptor. And we're going to take turns telling stories about it. Okay? Because this gets us in the mode of storytelling, which is helpful when practicing Module 3. So for the first one, for example, I am going to pick the margarita, okay? Okay. My margarita in this glass. And we are going to tell, here, I'll let you pick our positive one. You draw one there out of the cup. What's it say? It says, exciting. All right, so Patrick, do you want me to go first or are you ready to go to tell an exciting story about You can go first on this one. All right. So here's my exciting story about this margarita. This margarita actually is a perfected recipe that came across the border at the time when I shit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow, she knows a lot about the history of the margarita. (laughs) Buckle up. I can't wait to hear. And then, yeah, no, that went nowhere. She's taking another drink. Okay. So. Okay. No, <laughs> this margarita is a recipe that was perfected when I, I thought was, you were going to say perfected by me. When I was graduating <laughs> from, gra- I'm telling a story. Oh. It, it doesn't have to be a true story. This oh, isn't our reality oh. story. It can be any story. Right. Oh, oh, we're making things up. It could be a chat oh. GDP story. It could be anything. Okay. 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 So when I was graduating from grad school. And we were all celebrating, and this was the recipe at this little mom and pop, little cantina, that was in Pasadena, California, and went to grad school in Pasadena. And this little sweet man, who was one of the owners of the restaurant, came out and said, I had this margarita, and I'm going to sell these. And it was so delicious that it ended up providing so much more for us so we could buy this restaurant. And then we were all there celebrating all our hard work through graduate school, sharing a picture of margaritas, not knowing where the future would take us, but celebrating how this man's inventive, creative, and delicious cultivation of flavor and fun led us all to this moment. It was an exciting moment. All right. That's my exciting story about this margarita. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Okay, now you tell an exciting story about this margarita. <clears throat> Make it good. All right. <laughs> Once upon a time, a little girl was traveling a great distance. I love a little girl margarita story. A great distance with her father through a desert. Okay. And then the... <laughs> then the horrible... The desert of Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> she was carrying her little dolly. Ooh. And all of a sudden... The weather came in and took her father from her. This is an exciting story. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the positive one. (laughs) And and then as she was crying on the ground, Uh 
suddenly a margarita appeared <laughs> on the floor of the desert. Of the desert. And it was glowing and sparkling. And then a casita appeared. And then... What's her name? Abuela. <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> And then and she was like, "This is the miracle." The family Madrigal <laughs> was born, oh. and now they have the margarita. Oh, at the casita, and they lead their kids to their doors. Yeah, no, I don't know. It was very exciting, though. Was, <laughs> <laughs> our daughter would agree. Uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, yep, uh-huh. yep, 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 yep. Okay, so now about the margarita, <laughs> pick one from the blue jug. All right. Difficult. A difficult. Okay, a so difficult now we have to... margarita story. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna do. I got one. I got. Yeah, one. Oh, he's ready. All right. I think that one was a little difficult too, because the dad died in the. Desert. One time, one day, a 35 year old man who had no friends named Norman <laughs> realized. Oh, Norm. Oh man, I could actually make friends if I could learn how to make drinks. <laughs> so he started making drinks. I mean, he was really going to town. You know what, though? His drinks weren't very good. But he said, I'm going to give this a shot. So he decided to try to perfect, Literally. <laughs> perfect the margarita. Mm-hmm. He invited all of the popular kids from around town. Love other the 30, kids that are drinking. They're all like, we like you, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> and he brought them all to his house. And he wore his magic cape. And he <laughs> and he got ready. He took that out is... his magic wand and he said, I shall make this margarita. Well, you know what? He didn't practice very much and it was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and they all looked at him with a very sad and sort of awkward look. And then they slowly started filing out of the room as he said, no, 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 wait. Just a little more. And he was pouring in a little bit of the the mix. And then he tried different tequilas. And slowly he realized he was alone in his cape. And it was very difficult. I mean, kids these days just don't appreciate anything. (laughs) I would be like, this is a crappy drink. But why the cape, Norm? (laughs) Well, you know, he he was a 30-something-year-old with no no friends. He didn't know that the cape was too much. (laughs) Or the wand. Or the inviting children to have margaritas. No, no. Okay, yes. Yeah. 20-year-old children. 20-year-old children. Yes. 21-year-old and up Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. That's what I mean. 20s. Kids in their 20s. 21-year-old and up. Yes. Okay, here's a difficult story. (laughs) I was having a great day. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, walked outside. I was looking around, beautiful day, and then I watched someone get run over by a car. Ouch. It was a bad day. Ow. And then I drank a margarita. Difficult day, huh? Difficult day. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Difficult day. Okay. Was the bartender norm? <laughs> there was no bartender. <laughs> okay. So we get to play another round. You get to pick an object. All right. And we're going to pick one more word from each thing, and then we'll move on. I pick... uh, Patient exam room? (laughs) (laughs) Stop. I pick your slippers. My house slippers? All right, never mind. No, house slippers are great. House slippers are great. All right, house slippers. I wear house slippers, y'all. Yeah. All right, all right. 
Oh. We, we don't wear shoes in the house. You knocked that one out. <laughs> but I do wear house slippers that only right. get worn in the house. We're those kind of people. Hopeful. Ooh, tell me a hopeful All right, I'll story tell you. about my house slippers. I find them to be hopeful, too. One day, a beautiful southern lady named Maybelline, Maybelline. was drinking sweet tea in her little house. I mean, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybelline. <laughs> and she was crying because her daughter had some tragedies going on in her life. It's a hopeful story. It's a hopeful story. I know. I know. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, her rotary phone rang. A rotary phone? (laughs) (laughs) She picked it up, and on the other line, it was Annabella, who also lived down the street. And Annabella said, Oh, honey, I heard what you're all going through, and I sent you a gift. And she said, Really? She said, Yes, I just ordered it online. Right that moment, there was a knock at the door. They have a rotary phone, but it was ordered online, y'all. I know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> Hopeful, some So the say. door knocked, and she opened it, and a drone delivered this gift. A drone. <laughs> <laughs> and the drone flew away, and she looked. She picked it up. And, and she talked. She picked up the phone again and put it on her shoulder. You know the way they used to do that with the cord that was like twenty five feet long. Oh, I remember. This is Maybelline. Okay, she's got the phone in her in her shoulder, and Annabella said, "Open it, open it." So she opened it up, and in there were some house slippers. And she said, "Oh, darling, you just fill my heart with so much hope. Man, I just feel so hopeful today. Thank you." And she said, "Anytime." And then that was it. Click. <laughs> and she, and she, anytime. And she said, and I will. <laughs> that's an inside joke, but yes, that's very funny. <laughs> oh. You guys, all right, so we have young children. I just had to explain that real quick. We have young children, and we've been on road trips, and we have a DVD player, which is. Old. Outdated at this point, but it's, it's in our in van. Car, it it's in our van. <laughs> and there's this Daniel Tiger episode that has played many road trips over where, and over again. Yes, because it's a DVD with three episodes on it. Where a gentleman by the name of Music Man Stan, uh-huh. yes, <laughs> would say something like, "Oh, what what was his line?" Oh, the, know the line. It was like, "Man, you." Because Daniel had done something like cleaned his shop or something. Daniel like, cleaned the shop? Something like what? that. And no, Music Man Stan... It's more like he used the bathroom and washed his no, hands. No, 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 uh, no. No, this is a different episode, I think. When was, anyway. the, when was the little tiger cub cleaning no, Music Man No, the di- Daniel Tiger was doing something nice for Music Man that was. It was probably Neighbor Day. Yes. 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 I but don't remember what he did. He did not clean the He did shop. something like that. But the whole shop is okay, not quiet. child labor. Shh, okay. Shh. <laughs> so then he goes, Man, this makes me feel so good. I feel like I could sing. And then he goes, And I will. Like that. <laughs> and, so, and then he breaks into a song. But we always say, And I will. Like that. And there are so many episodes that when we actually saw the animation were such a letdown. Oh, I know. Because we only could hear it. Built it in, in our video. head. We're like, oh, it's this epic scene. And then we watched it one day on PBS. And we were like, 
This does not live <laughs> up to the audio. It was so much better in our head. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Many yeah. episodes are like that. <laughs> Many episodes. <laughs> All right, you need to do hope. All right, so one day, Beatrice was trying to get around her abode. That's her house. But her feet hurt from plantar fasciitis. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, poor Beatrice. A common affliction. Yeah. <laughs> and she couldn't get around. She would hobble to and fro, but you know what? It was painful. And so Beatrice was just Davenport-ridden. Which is my grandmother's name for a couch. And so, until one day, the drone delivered a package <laughs> to the front door. And though Beatrice was not able to hobble over, she was at the Davenport. <laughs> Fortunately, Daniel Tiger, that child laborer, was able to answer the door and bring her the package. And uh-huh. inside were a pair of house slippers. But not just any house slippers. House slippers... 3,000. With support for women with plantar fasciitis. Ah, How very specific. Excellent. And she said, ah, hope for the hopeless. And she wore those slippers and she danced around with her little tiger front. Okay, so now I love it. I know. Look at what. You get to pick this one. Okay. This time we get to tell a story. Oh, no. Sad. Sad. A sad story about about house slippers. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You go I first. Already, I already know it. My brother did. Uh, and he left me these house slippers. And every time I wear them, which is all the time, I think of how much I miss him. And I'll never see him again. Oh. And I was sad. That was so sad. I'm a sad person. Good job. Thanks. Okay, let's see. So... Roughly 365 days later, Maybelline was having a new phone installed. It was a cordless phone mm-hmm. with a really long antenna. And it had an answering machine built in with a tape. So that was an upgrade. Cassette tape? Yep. And she was getting this done. A guy was over. And she looked down at her feet. And she looked at her tired, worn slippers that she never once took off since the day... <laughs> She wore them in the shower. She wore them to the beach. She wore them they everywhere. Were full of mold. <laughs> and she looked down at her sad, bacteria. her sad, Amputation. bad, <laughs> mold and moss-filled moss filled feet. This is like she was in. She was basically water. stubs with like, <laughs> with like, a big black ball of nasty at the end of her legs this is kind of a gross and she looked down and she said to herself while the answering machine's being installed she said i'm sad the end (laughs) (laughs) in the year 2000 (laughs) see this is the reason why jack loves my bedtime stories so much because they're just so wacky he Cannot get enough of them. I like it. I like it. Okay, so as I said, we're doing storytelling because module three (laughs) in inference ICBT is all about storytelling. Good job, by the way. Thank you, you too. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And so part of why we get in the practice of telling these positive or negative or different stories is because the story OCD wants to tell us is the very obsessional story. 
And then we practiced giving alternative stories, not to replace the obsessional story, but just to remind us that there's more than one story possible. There's actually an infinite amount of stories possible. And so part of what we do is we practice tracing the steps of the obsessional story and then practice doing an alternative story in juxtaposition to our storytelling. I just want to say this. I I didn't know anything about OCD or anxiety related stuff that much when this happened to me. But when I was younger and I was struggling with a lot of anxiety, this was huge for me. The day that I realized that so much of it was stories that I was telling myself. And then realizing that you can tell the opposite story. I think my mom actually gave me the idea once, who was on the podcast recently. She gave me the idea, you know, you tell yourself some whoppers negative stories. She's like, why not tell a whopper positive story? And it made me go, oh my goodness. And so I tried it and it did work. It is amazing how the human brain works. Well, what happens is, so here's the thing. When an obsessional story is, and this is part of what you learn when you're doing inference space CBT, but part of the reason why they're so absorbing is because it uses the great logic, the great way you reason the world in every other area of your life that is very convincing and makes you successful in other areas of your life. And it applies it to the land of possibility, makes it a very convincing obsessional story, right? And so when we get so absorbed into an obsessional story, it's the only story that we can eat, think, dream of, right? Versus understanding, no, that's one of an infinite amount of stories we could tell when we're talking about the land of possibility. Plus, we also... But pause. That is so profound for somebody who doesn't realize that that's possible. Yeah, it like, is. Like, if because, like, when you realize that there are other stories you could tell yourself, like, because part of what makes the story so powerful is when you don't think of it as a story. You're like, oh, I'm just telling myself facts or whatever. Or I'm just like, right. or I'm just imagining the only possibility, right? But it's like, man, when you realize that, like, no, there's an, like you said, there's an infinite number of stories you can tell. That is a, like, to really understand and to, like, grok that for those who know that term grok. like when you really Did understand that, that on my bingo card when you really understand that like super internally and you get it <laughs> it's like whoa that is actually super profound like i'm telling myself stories and that is shaping my thoughts and who i am it's like the old earl nightingale thing of like you are you become what you think about is what he says that's like the greatest secret he calls it Ooh, Earl. Yeah. Earl. Earl Nightingale. Earl. Goodbye, Bye, Earl. Earl. <laughs> it was no, funny people... as we're not country people. No, why are we doing this? No, we don't even joke like this usually. Anyway, Earl Nightingale, look it up. He's great. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? So you hit two key buzzwords that anybody who practices or is currently doing their ICBT treatment if they're through this module yet are going to recognize you said fact and possibility so the the dealio here and i realize not everybody listening to the podcast is aware of icbt but the way we use logic in the world is basically we can kind of boil it down to five content areas i'm sure there could be more if we really went into the weeds but 
generally, we can say, you know, our logic comes from facts, personal experience, hearsay, different rules that maybe whether it's our country's rules or we have different moral rules or whatnot that we abide by and possibility. And so when you add all of those kind of reasoning categories to a trigger that maybe is bringing up some of these obsessional sequences or these inferences of doubt, these uh, obsessional doubts, then it feels really real. And so part of the whole thing in this module, and I usually take this actually pretty slow with clients because it really does take really slowing down the tape here and going, this is a story, not just oh, 100%. what's happening here. Well, and even you can even hear the words, it's a story, and it still doesn't click. It doesn't, right. Because, like, like, again, like, it it wasn't, for at least for me, until I realized, oh, man, like, this, again, it's the only word I can think of is grok, but it's, like, this idea of, like, internally understanding, like, Mm -hmm. understanding in a way that it permeates you deeply, like, a full kind of understanding of what it means that it's a story. When that finally hits you, it's like, oh, wow, I'm just telling myself this story. That's the reality I'm living, the thing I'm telling myself, not the thing that is. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a crazy moment when that happens. So really the whole spiel and inferential confusion (laughs) for a little little fun fact. But inferential confusion is when we get lost in the land of possibility versus the land of reality. So let me give a personal example. I get anxious in the car. At times. You've gotten a lot better. I have gotten a lot better because I've dealt with some shit, right? Oh, yeah. But I used to be really fired in the car, but you're much better now. Now, if we were driving down the road and a car was pulling up to an intersection and I started to feel anxious, if you would have turned to me and said, Nicole, you're telling yourself a story, I would have been like, screw you. And? (laughs) No, I would not have said and. Because it wasn't a story. I was feeling anxious, right? And that anxiety was real. And then it it was informing me. That feeling was informing me that I might be in danger. And so I was having that anxious response Mm -hmm. in response, right? And so it didn't feel like a story. It was just such a part of me. Well, feelings are always real. But feelings are not always reflective Feelings are feelings aren't necessarily facts, but right, feelings... they're not congruent with Ooh. reality. <laughs> yeah, no. no sometimes but feelings, feelings are egocentric, but, but feelings themselves are always real. Like you may yes. feel a feeling, that doesn't mean that the thing that, though that is that you're worried about is true. Y'all, we're we're a sensitive crew over here oh, at the yeah. Morris Fam, and our like little blanket statement is: your feelings are valid and. Not but because that will yeah we cause always issues. start with feel your feelings feelings about, are valid you're allowed to be angry and but, yeah p.s. stop yeah. it knock it off right, right you know exactly. or whatever it is but yeah so in terms of the obsessional story part of the process here when you're going through say ISCBT treatment in module three is to slow it down and go okay it doesn't feel like a story for you it feels like the reality but let's look at here was the trigger here is your logic that you're using and why it feels so absorbing let's first tell the obsessional story which is how you're experiencing it okay and then 
And and not just to say that, actually, let me go on. So if we're having trigger, we have that logic. Then we have all the ideas of what could go wrong, how this could be so terrible, the appraisal and the meaning of if this were true, all the bad outcomes that could happen, what we need to do to keep ourselves safe. That is the obsessional story versus telling an alternative story. Now, in ICBT, what we make an effort to do is saying that this alternative story does not replace the obsessional story because we know better than to battle with OCD and go, oh, yeah, do you want better? Because OCD will always bitch slap you back, right? And so this isn't saying this is the truth, this is not the truth, this is whatever. But we create these counter stories. And there's a very basic recipe. So we have the recipe for obsessional story. What we do with alternative stories is we go, okay, same trigger, but I'm just going to add in details from my here and now reality using my five senses. Not going into the land of possibility, but what can I observe in this moment? Sight, sound, hearing, tasting, feeling, all that. And then I'm going to end with trusting my senses because in ICBT, what we're saying is, you know what? We started doubting our senses as common sense when we were living the obsessional story. So I'm automatically in an accident. We're all dying. If I see a car pulling up to the intersection. And I think by senses, it's important to say that senses are not what you're feeling. Like, you may feel worried. Although they can be. They can be. They can be. But, like, yes, it's not that's just not that. e- the equivalent, though. It's not like, oh, I'm scared. Those are my senses. No, no, no. You can be scared. But the reality is, like, what are you seeing right now? Read what the room. You, yeah, what? Read the room. Read the room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's basically read the room. So it could be a <clears throat> million Googleplex grams amounts yeah. of shit going on. I, I feel like. The times I was most anxious, and I don't know if this is like just me or a common experience, the times I've been most anxious are the times that my feelings have been least associated with the realities around me. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like the times where I've been most anxious are the times where my feelings, whatever it is I'm feeling is most disassociated from the actual evidence around me. So I see BT people across the world are smiling and going, because, (laughs) because that's why I like ICBT. The more I hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because ICBT, what it teaches is that it's really the process of you dissociating and doubting your current here and now reality. And sometimes what I will say, so we live in the Midwest. I practice in the Midwest. Sometimes when I say jargon like here and now reality, common sense reality, people go, oh, new agey shit, right? Like, like what? I mean. But what we're really saying is reading the room right now. So what's happening in the room right now? Patrick and I are sitting in my office and we've had a drink and we're talking and what's possible and we're wearing headphones there's literally endless possibilities of what else is going on outside of this but right now it's hot in here it's a little warm because (laughs) cutie mccutie well thank you no it's there's not great air circulation and our air circulation sucks we need a whole house fan or something (sighs) yeah because the it, air outside is great. Right we'll now. put it on the to-do list. <laughs> also, we're assuming our kids are in bed. It's possible they're not, but we put them to bed hours ago. 
And so there's things like that. We're thinking of Anna, aren't we? My, the other day I was at work and I got a, I got a message at like <laughs> 10 something. At 10 o'clock on the dot. That Jack, my oldest, was like, Jack has requested more screen time for the Uno app. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we put him to bed at 8. And then, and then, like he was in his room. He snuck his Quiet. iPad. He snuck his iPad into his room, and under the blankets or whatever, he's playing the Uno game. And then, like any scandalous child apparently does, apparently at ten o'clock, everything locked down because of screen time. And then he requested more time, and it alerted me and Nicole. And Nicole's at work; she's not even at home. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. at work. I'm wrapping up with clients, and I call Patrick, and we both have this. Oh, <laughs> because this is the way our child rebels. He's up late playing Uno. Uno. <laughs> For now, we we enjoy that that's yeah. his way of We need act. to lock that screen down further. I didn't even know there was a cutoff time. Because, oh, I didn't either. Uh, because that's the weird thing. they're never up late. <laughs> they're never up that late. They don't have their iPads. I know. Oh, that gosh. was awesome. So in terms of... <laughs> so I went into his room and I'm like... But I called him. He's like, I know we just saw it, <laughs> and I'm saw. gonna go talk to him. But let's laugh first, and we we did because we're like, our kids staying up playing Uno, <laughs> the scandal here in the Midwest. Okay, yeah, that's like the old fashioned like kid that sneaks down the stairs and peeks their head around the corner watching the same show you're watching at you know ten o'clock. I did that shit. When I did I was too. A kid and my parents were watching Jaws, and it. Freaking! Oh yeah, damaged. I think I, I think I saw Dancing with the Wolves that way. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Oh, Kevin Costner. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because there was like sex scenes. Frankly, and stuff. I've that never. Bad. It was the 90s. I've but. never seen Dancing with the Wolves other than a couple scenes from the piano <laughs> bench myself. But uh-huh. I did see some Jaws, and that shit scared me for a How while. How many kids out there in our generation did that? Where they said, like, I saw that whole movie, like. Like in the hallway of our house, like in the I dark, in the dark shadows. Of I the don't house. know, but I, I can say I can say thing. this because my parents don't listen to this at all. <laughs> but they didn't supervise us at all. It feels like <laughs> compared to how we how supervise our generational. Our parents were like we were latchkey at best. Even though they were there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think we're in the helicopter parent generation. We are, but still they But yeah, they they, they were in the things. they were in the screw it kids, get up there and get a bed. Jack's like <laughs> I, I wrote code around this and, and we were like, Well, I sat on the piano bench and they were clearly watching it and not paying attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I saw many things that way and thank you, nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, Or so, you had the cool aunt that was like Want to watch Edward Scissorhands? And yeah. you're like way too young for it. And I'll give and you a sip of my wine cooler. And then you're like freaked out. <laughs> we used to. <laughs> my sister was scared to death of Edward Scissorhands after our aunt let her watch I it. I think we should still be scared of Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> although Johnny We're Depp. given a lot of 90s references today. We're old. Yes, we are. All and right. for some folks listening, they're like... You're not that old. And other people are like, <laughs> I don't even know what you mean by a rotary phone. So uh, Those are almost phased out by the time I was like They a are. Kid, they used so. to plug into the wall, y'all. Uh-huh. It was amazing. And okay. they would actually dial numbers by going... 
actually and you could even do it with a touch tone phone if you hung up <laughs> if you hung up the phone really fast in like a morse code fashion you went you could actually dial the phone that way i don't know you might even still be able to he said do it <laughs> <laughs> people know i guarantee some people on here did uh, okay. who are listening you know what i used I to do I you know what i used to do with uh-huh. the rotary phone okay tip for no one because only like really uh, oh my mature gosh. folks have. <laughs> here's what i did with a rotary phone this was like pre-cell phones y'all i would call our home phone number because it was local, you get charged for long distance. Uh-huh. And parents get really oh yeah, upset Generation about that. Z is like, what's long distance? They probably have no idea. They get real upset about that yeah. shit. P.S. Airline tickets used to actually be paper. Oh, yeah. anyway, go on. There was a whole yeah, it was a whole <laughs> different world. We walked to school we in wa- the snow. Uh huh. Wish news though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've improved. <laughs> yep. But I used to dial our phone number, and I found this through trial and error, like any good child would testing it's the scientific method uh-huh, frankly uh-huh. <laughs> so i was a little scientist but i would dial her phone number and then i would hang up and it would ring and i would wait for my mother who i knew was in the other side of the home four rooms away and she would pick up the phone and once i heard the ringing stop or cease if you will I knew she had picked it up, and then I would pick it up, and I'd be like, hey, Mom, can you dot, dot, dot? No. You used it like an intercom? I used it like an intercom. I figured out the intercom. Because you had multi-line or something? We didn't at that time. Weird. But you could could call yourself. We also used to call... Used to call collect. Yes, I was just going to say, can I say the collect one? Go for it. I did it, it too. Well, High school. Explain collect call yeah, because at, the youngins okay. won't know. When I was a kid at our high school, we did not have cell phones. This was like 1990. Eight or something. I mean, cell phones existed, but our family didn't. I, the, I did not have a Nokia. Okay, so I'm, I'm so I'm so I'm at like the quad, and there was this the one. Quad. There was this one payphone in the middle of the high school quad, and kids would go up and call their parents or whatever. I had figured out that I could send. Basically, like a poor man's text message to my parents. It was like a voice it was. dictated. T- it was the first text message. Yeah, so the way yes. you could send a message to your parents without paying for the phone. Because it was, costs a shit ton if you accept yes. a collect call. P.S. So, so what you would do. People don't like that. So what you would do is you used to be able to call collect on a payphone. From you a payphone. You could do 1-800-COLLECT, I think, was the number. Or zero. Or zero or zero something. Zero in the area code yeah. and the number. And then you would give the number, and then it would call them, and then it would say, please state your name. It would record your name, and then they would, like, on the other line, the person would hear a recording saying, like, you have a collect call from Nicole. Pat- or Patrick. <laughs> yeah. It would be like, be Nicole. Or whatever. Yeah. Like, it would yeah. be that voice. And then it's like, do you accept? And then if the person accepted, they'd get charged like $3 or something and for the, the kids, call. The kids, which is why we should believe the children are our future, <laughs> figured out, hey, if I just put that message. The message in the name. In recording, the name. And I just keep talking and it doesn't cut me off until like 10 seconds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it would say, please state your name. And I'd be like, mom, I'm at the school and I'm going to Jeff's house. If you need me, call me there. And that'd be like, that'd be like yeah. the name. 
I mean, right. like the name. And then, so then you have a collect call from Mom. I meant going to Jess' house and I'm going to be there. Call me if you uh, need me. That's do like, you accept? <laughs> and it would let us hear the response. And so she'd be like, okay. Or no, or she wouldn't say okay because that would accept the collect call. But she'd be like, got it, or whatever. Uh huh. And then you'd be like, and then it was a free message. It was a free text message. <laughs> Voice message from a payphone. Yes, yes. We did that shit all the time. I know. So my brother, we <laughs> we were pretty good kids. But my brother, when we were in high school, we would come to where Patrick and I live now, about an hour away from where my parents lived, and we'd be like, "Oh, we're running behind, hitting some traffic. Be home in like two hours." If it was past quote unquote curfew, because again, we had nothing going on. So there wasn't really a reason to have much of a curfew, but <laughs> they were like, I'll be home at midnight. <laughs> so we would call and be like, oh, no, traffic, just as we're getting to town. And mom would be like, oh, I gotcha. And that's all they could say back. They couldn't say anything longer than like a second. It had to be yes or whatever to accept the click call. And so they literally had no response. <laughs> Hands know. were tied other than acknowledging Actually, without it, acknowledging. If you think about it, that was like brilliantly perfect for the kids. It was great be, for that time. Because you could be like... <laughs> Mom, I'm going to the mall and I'm going to spend $300 and I'll be back in like five hours, even though I'm supposed to be home in one hour. Bye. And, and then what could the mother do about it? And they're like, they're like do you want to accept this collect call? And they're like, I'm mad at you, but I will not pay for a collect call. <laughs> so whatever I could say, that's fine. That won't charge me for well, this shit. The, what's amazing about it was it was a way to get, if you think about it, a message to your parents. And they would have no recourse. They couldn't call you. They, they would have you. their recourse. They would literally just be mad. They would home. be mad, but they agreed to that. Yeah, <laughs> They know. agreed to the conditions. <laughs> yes, and what's funny is we haven't had this specific conversation, and yet we came to the same conclusion. Yes, no, we both we've did the never, same. We've never had a conversation about this before. No. But we both did that shit, and every kid it in America... Shows- Figured it out. Yeah, kids we born in the eighties. We're like, what it you is. know what? I don't have to just say my name is Nicole. I can say my whole message because uh-huh. mom and dad get real pissed if we do click call. Right. And we don't have twenty five cents. Right. And back in those to days, make the goal. <laughs> back in those days, I think like all parents were super frugal back then. Oh yeah. They were like, I ain't paying a buck like, for a we, call. They're like, we don't even make long I mean, distance calls. I mean, you're my child, and I need to be watching you. But I don't. I'm not gonna pay a dollar to know where you are. <laughs> it's like what? Now our kids are like, do we want this app? And we're like, if you'll shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. It's like. Half kidding. So this collect call thing was amazing. Uh-huh. This was before smartphones, so we didn't get into as much riffraff as we could have. But uh-huh. but the collect call was the perfect recourse because the parents would have to accept the collect call. And if they did, by the way, your ass was grass. Oh, you yeah. were like, I'm grounded forever. Yeah, you they get accept home this collect call because it costs them a dollar. Right. You get home and then, <laughs> a dollar! You get home and then you'd be sitting on the bar stool while they're pacing and they're back like, and forth. You were grounded you. for two weeks and, they're and like, I'm taking the car keys. They're and like, they're like oh. first of all, 
You were out later than you were supposed to be. Which was always the reason you made the collect call to tell them. What's unforgivable is that I had to accept a collect call. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's true. We moved. So when I was in middle school, junior high, slash whatever you want to call it, we moved to a different area of the state. And even my best friends was like, you can write a letter. And I'm like, but can I call them? They're like, that's long distance. Yeah. But long di- and long distance is like 20 cents a minute. So no, we're not paying for that shit. But collect calls were like a dollar a minute. Uh-huh. And so parents very quickly, we learned parents everywhere, no matter how little or how much a parent made, they're like, <laughs> we're not accepting that collect call unless you're freaking in the ER. In mm-hmm. which case, you didn't make a collect call. You just call from the hospital. Yeah. So we're not accepting that. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's collect call. Mom, I broke my leg. Please accept this collect call. <laughs> they're like, should I? And they're I? like, which hospital? And you're like, blah, blah, blah. and then it cuts you <laughs> off. You call back another collect call. <laughs> oh, man. It was you different learned, times. You learned the code. This it is our childhood. It was different times. Yes. Okay. So we got on a little bit of a roundabout there. That was fun. But it was... Roundabouts didn't exist back then either. Roundabouts And now they're exist. more popular than ever. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. They really are. So this all came from, don't skip over obsessional versus alternative. That's story. where this came from? That's where it came from. <laughs> I didn't even remember. So right. what we do with alternative encounter stories, though, in ICBT is we say we don't need to wrestle here with OCD. We're literally just reminding you that there can be another story and then there can be endless amount of stories. Right. So part of this practice in module three, where we pick the random items, we come up with a positive and negative story is to remind us that we can come up with endless amount of stories. Now let's try it with a actual obsessional story and an alternative story just for kicks and giggles. And we can pick one of Jack's. So we can pick a neutral one that is like Burj Khalifa. Cheese. We'll go back to like episode one. Bring it back. Bring it back. That's right. Okay. So in the obsessional story, we have Jack is served cheese, yellow cheese, cheddar, and it could be cheese stick. It could be shredded and a quesadilla. And so his thought is, it's going to make me sick. Once I got sick and I happened to eat a quesadilla beforehand. And also it's possible I could get sick again. And in fact, now the cheese could be so dangerous that maybe it would book me to Dubai, take me up to the top of the Burj Khalifa and throw me off. And I won't die because I'm that amazing. He is amazing. But I will have... That's how powerful the cheese is. That's a powerful cheese and a powerful man. But Mm -hmm. he doesn't see his power. He just has one heck of a concussion. Mm -hmm. Flies back to America and says, thanks. That was all your fault for serving me the cheese. That's the obsessional story. What we as absurd as that sounds, it's probably not that far off from some other people with OCD. I mean, it is, it is run of the mill. It right, really exactly. is. It is. It's like it's the eight-year-old, nine-year-old version. It's but yeah. the eight-year-old, nine-year-old version. But we can also tell an alternative story. So I'm served the cheese quesadilla. And I know that cheese has given me problems in the past, but also I'm feeling fine right now. And if anything, maybe... It's superpower food. Maybe feeling a little anxious, but 
I've eaten it before and not gotten sick, and yeah. they keep giving it to me, and I do believe they have my best interest in mind, and I'm just going to eat it. That yes. could be an alternative story. Yep. So we can come up with the obsessional story very easily. What's really interesting when I do this in session with clients, mm-hmm. they live their obsessional stories. And when I'm like, let's let's try and write our obsessional story, they're like, Like, mm, story? <laughs> I don't know how to do it. But it's these, yeah. because it's so real. It's just ingrained. It's, it's like, ingrained it and it's is, so real. It is, period. That for that it is right yeah, yeah and so part of what we learn in the process of module three and throughout icbt is that part of the reason the stories become so real is because we're acting on them as if they're real and then they feel even more powerful right so one of the mantras that if you have engaged in icbt or are curious about learning more is if we can change that story we change the doubt Mm-hmm. Right? Because the doubt is pretty contingent on that story. And if the story is based and rooted in the land of possibility versus what's happening in the room, read the room right now, then we don't have any guarantee, but we literally could come up with an endless amount of stories, right? Positive, negative, endless, anything in between. I mean, we were being silly, but like literally anything you pick at all can have a million stories to it. Right. On any part of the spectrum. And the more you focus on certain things. So, Patrick has... Can we tell the story about you on the cruise ship after... Was it college? I think... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can. That's fine. Patrick went on a cruise with his dad to Mexico, which he lived in SoCal at the time. He went to school down there. Patrick's dad lived in NorCal at the time. And they went on a cruise... To did you do an Ensenada cruise? Or yeah, was it was it? Ensenada and Just, Baja. Like we did a couple. Or, or, very uh, basic cruise out of yeah. It was like LA. it was a week long cruise, but we only did like three stops or something. Right. And it was just basic Mexico cruise on the West Coast. Right. Yeah. So these are run of the mill cruises, and he went on this cruise, and he was very concerned. <laughs> Very concerned. Why don't you? Well, I'll let you share. The entire cruise, I was worried that I had throat cancer. Like you do. I mean, it was so silly looking back on it. Man, I ruined my cruise the whole... I mean, it It was was so silly because, like, the one thing that made me convinced was I would open my mouth and look in, like, in the mirror and look in the back of my mouth and I would see, like, a white spot or something. And I was just convinced that I was going to die and that I had throat cancer. And about halfway through the cruise, I was so tortured by it that I ended up just telling my dad. And he was like, huh? Oh, uh, hmm. Well, okay. You don't. So it was like he didn't really have a good answer. The great diagnostic. I mean, no, he was a, he's a great dad. But, like, he didn't know what to do with that because this was a ridiculous thing for me to be struggling with from his perspective. Like, legit. It was it was pretty ridiculous. He's like, what? <laughs> like, this is wacky, you know? And so he didn't know how to handle it. And to his credit, he didn't shame me about it at That's all. That's true. That is great. He wasn't like, what? 
how can you think that? Ho, ho, ho. Like, it could have been yeah. so bad. He it didn't could do have that. been bad. He didn't do any of that kind of stuff, so that's good. But, like, he didn't know how to help me either. Way to go, Brian. So, honestly, the entire cruise, though, I was just like, oh, Way my go, gosh, Dad. I'm going to die. And, like, I'm constantly, like, sticking things in t- towards the back of my throat to, like, poke different things to see if, like... It was a if it was a mass or whatever, and for no reason, <laughs> like just the, I'm sorry, just the craziest stuff. I hate yeah. to use the word crazy, but like literally, it was. No, it's okay. I you was being crazy. I was being crazy, man, and that what? was like the height of my health uh, anxiety. My health anxiety. What's that called again? Uh, health anxiety. No, no, the the health anxiety. <laughs> Hypochondria. Hypochondria was the, the height of that. I I don't really have that now, but. Man, that was at the height of he it. He doesn't. Although he can get a feeling and be like, "Oh my gosh, do you think that's a bad thing?" I'm like, "Definitely a bad thing." Yeah, briefly. And then he I don't I don't me. ruminate. He's learned to ignore <laughs> me. Yes. So <laughs> I am not the partner in crime he had hoped for. But what I will say is What? No, yes, you are. I mean in terms in terms of the reassurance. <laughs> He's like, I think I have this. And I'm like, I think you're delusional. <laughs> and he's like, um, wow, warm up. But here is the thing. I dropped my house slipper. <laughs> that is sad. That's the sad That's story. That's the sad story. That's the sad story. I'm um, sad. <laughs> the more you, I don't know if you're aware, but I'll just inform y'all, general fam, public, that the more you paw at your throat, the more it will be sore. Exactly. Right. No, absolutely. My throat did hurt because I was messing with it. Because he was freaking pawing at and it, and I was hold, and I would like and stretch, shoving shit and towards I, the quote unquote mask. And I would stretch my mouth open so much that my jaw was in and pain then he's and all this headaches. Yes, he's like throat cancer, and I'm then like, you Google. Why are signs of throat cancer? And it's like, clearly the headaches and the jaw pain. Yeah, it's like, do you have discoloration? Do you have a mass? Is your throat in pain all the time and it doesn't cease? All this stuff. Do you have heartburn? On and on and on. Which, yes, he has heartburn unrelated to his quote-unquote throat cancer. (laughs) For anybody with throat cancer out there, we validate you. But oh, he yeah, does no. not have throat cancer. For people who really have it, of course it's For bad. real people. But like, this was we pretend world. You, but this, this, this was obsessional. It was yes. possible. It but was the, the story but the I was more, constantly telling the myself. More you, exactly. And yeah. the more you focus on that story, the more you're going to start living the fear, which is an OCD trick. Which You know, I just feel like a lot of, at least for me, my experience was I, I grew up and still to it to a large degree and the kind of person who's like there is truth and there's an absolute truth and all this so like for me to say something like your thoughts and what you experience isn't true is a hard thing to swallow because it like feels true because like if you're it's like immersive. the idea that you can tell yourself a story so much that your brain believes it's true to the point where it can even manifest pain in your throat that is a thing that an absolute truthist would have a hard time with it's like i either feel real pain that is really true or it's not and for me it was like the idea that i could even be telling myself a story that would manifest a truth of sorts that I'm feeling this was a really hard thing to even understand. But he also has a film degree. So he understands the power of stories and how emotive they can be. And so it's 
yeah, what's that's interesting true. is you can tell a story, but sometimes still live a story and not realizing that it's a story, that it's a story and just a story. Right. That's the so, thing. Yeah. So it takes a lot of slowing down. It takes a lot of grace and self-compassion to go, hey, it makes sense why this has been so absorbing that I'm all up in it. And it's hard to tell story from reality. Because when you're that absorbed in it, it is like common sense that I'm doubting my reality. Right. right and right. that's OCD's just trademark thing right it's right. it's bag it's like yeah i'm gonna convince you of this shit and you better convince me otherwise but there's no way to one up ocd when it comes to that so that is that is just kind of a little preview little sneak peek into icbt for those of y'all that practice or have done icbt that's familiar for those of you that have been newer to this or have only been in exposure it's a little newer you ready for some trivia, Patrick? He has listened to, I will say, Patrick, it's not a small thing because I've put out quite a few episodes here. I know. I was just looking at the catalog and I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a lot. So this is some OCD family podcast trivia, or as I like to call it, OFP. Yeah, you know me. All right. Hit me. Okay. So I have a couple different types of questions. We're going to ease into it, okay? With some multiple choice. All right. So which country is not amongst the leading downloads for OCD Family Podcasts worldwide? Is it A, Sweden, B, United States, C, Ireland, D, United Kingdom, or E, Canada, not amongst Ireland. Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. Nice. But Ireland is actually number six. So it was really close. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right, good. But we have 30 plus countries that are tuning in regularly. We've had a rotation of different countries are that pop in and I pop knew out. It? I am. What helped you discern that? I'm curious. Well, I knew that the U.S. and the U.K. and Canada were big. They, and they're I, my, so they're it, my so buddies. It, so it only came down to Sweden, Sweden and Ireland. And I'm like, I feel like I've heard her mention Sweden before, so I'm going to go with Ireland. Really? Yeah. I mean, number four used to be Pakistan. I know. It's like <laughs> if a, you had said Pakistan, I would have left that alone because I knew. <laughs> I was like as wild as that is. It's varied. <laughs> I've had I've had some people even come, India. I, yes, India was within the top ten, I think. But we have a rotating kind of competition going. Yep. Usually, my top three: U.S. is number one, of course. Proud to be American. UK and Canada like to do -si do That's a, what's that called? Square dancing. Okay. Do-si-do, square dancing. Do-si-do, -si that's a square dancing term for any that grew up in the Midwest. But Canada and United Kingdom like to, to kind of take turns. But Sweden. Sweden is number four right now. It's, it's, it's a little different, but yeah. I mean, month to month it changes. So All right, next. there we go. All right. Last fall. How many different OCD-related disorders did I feature in my OCD-related disorder series? A, four, B, five, 
C, 8, or D, none of the above? Five? Think, think through it. Five? Is that your final answer? It's either maybe four or five. It was five. All right. Bruh. Well, I guess five. Yes. Yeah. And I then four. Five. Well, you, I said maybe four, but I said has, five. You hesitated. I said five. You hesitated. And then I said maybe four, but five. That's what I said. Yes, I did do five. All right, I did two do for five. Two. It was my first series, and it was a great series. Yeah. We had BFRBs. We had BDD, we had a metaphobia, hoarding. hoarding, and OCPD. Yep. Yes. So if you haven't caught any of those and you're like, what is an OCD-related disorder, highly recommend. There's probably still more of them, too, that you Hi- could do Oh, no, season. no, no. There's for sure a, t- a shit ton more. Yeah. Okay. In terms of the next question, which of the following are comorbidities, common comorbidities, with OCD? A, anxiety, B, depression, C, eating disorder, D, A, D, H, D, or E, all of the above. E. Yes. He didn't even hesitate. He didn't hesitate on that. There are a lot of common... I was just waiting for the all for the, all of the above. Well, you waited correctly, <laughs> sir, because yeah. yes... In fact, OCD showing up on its own in a silo, not that common. It's very common to show up with some little shit going on. That's right. Indeed. That's right. All right. Number four. Mm-hmm. Which so of the far, fo- I'm doing pretty good. You're doing okay. <laughs> you hesitated on four, maybe five, four, but it was five. Um, w- number four. Which of the following was not featured on my Unity and Diversity Exploring Treatment Intersectionality series? Okay. Okay. So I'll do a couple little series here. Uh-huh. And this was another one of them. A, Justice Based treatment reinforcing hope instead of stigma in the theories and treatment and treatment for the LGBTQIA plus community. That's a B OCD in adult children. C the art of advocacy becoming policy or D growing our OCD family tree. D. No. Oh, then A. No. What? <laughs> what? Judgment. You no. did know the advocacy one was, was I know who the guest was. It was, uh, uh, <laughs> it was, it, what's her name? Um, Oh, I know, I know. Nikita Kalame. That was that guest. And then I know I, uh, that you did one on LGBTQ. And then you would also did one on the... Uh, okay, you just guessed A that was the LGBTQ. Oh, wasn't. It, Wait, say say the, the ones which again. Which one, which of the following was not featured? Well, A was. A, right. justice-based treatment. B, OCD in adult children. C. Adult children was. The art of advocacy becoming policy. Was. Or D, growing our OCD family tree. I don't yeah, remember you D. Know me. Are you kidding me? Please. Wait, what was A again? Justice-based treatment. LGBT. Which one was the wrong one then? The wrong one is OCD in adult children. That was one you B. did. 
Now, I did an episode on OCD and adult treatment, but it wasn't a part of my... Oh, well, I mean, I remember the episode, though. Now, (laughs) that's good. That was a trick question. You hear that, Because that was a definite episode. Yes, it was a definite episode. So, Ben Eckstein. Wow, you really made that one tough (laughs) on purpose. I get it. You wanted to make sure I didn't get 100%. Um, Oh, is that what I was doing? Oh, yeah, that was it. Is that the story (laughs) that OCD's telling you? Okay. No, here's what I will tell you, though. OCD in adult children, though I didn't do it as an intersectionality, I did do an episode on it with Ben Eckstein. But Ben, when he was on the show, which was a little bit before my OCD-related disorder series, talked about a book he has coming out called Worrying is Optional. And actually, there is a release date now, November 1st of 2023, and I'm excited to see that. Ben is great, but we didn't talk about that as an intersectionality. That's true, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but we did talk about it, so it was a little tricky. And that I will was give you tricky because I, I definitely remember that episode. I will give you that. All right, all right. I will give you that. Okay, go on. All right, next, I will be co-leading a support group with which esteemed guest this summer at the twenty eighth annual OCD conference. There's only one know. way I'm not going to get this right. In San Francisco, is it A? <laughs> <laughs> is it A. Amy Schumer. B. Jeremy Schumann. C. Chuck Schumer. Or D. Mort Schumann. It's Jeremy Schumer. <laughs> It's not Jeremy Schumer. What? That's not even a guess. There's... Wait, wait, wait. Say the question again. What's the question? Okay. I will be co-leading a support group with which esteemed guest this summer at the 28th annual OCDs conference in San Francisco. A, Amy Schumer. No. B, Jeremy Schumann. Oh, Schumann. Okay, yeah, fine. Not Schumer. Jeremy Schumann. Yes! Jeremy. 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 Yes. Jeremy. When I said, when I said there was only one today. way I wasn't going to get it right, it's as if all of them had the first name Jeremy. Okay. Then I wouldn't have gotten it I right. did a lot of plays on Schumer and Schumann. Right, but you didn't do plays on Jeremy. Do Had you, know- you been like... Jeremy Schumer, Jeremy Schumann, Jeremy Shamama, Jeremy Shulaka. I would have been like, Jeremy Shulaka. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. Okay. Yes. Now, do you know who Mort Schumann is? No. Because he's passed. Okay. Rest in peace, 1991, apparently. All right. According to Wikipedia, he wrote Viva Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Yeah. But he's forgettable. Sure. It's Jeremy Schumann, who is the amazing expert, Dr. Jeremy Schumann, who I did my three-part autism series uh-huh. uh, with the intersection really there, even though it wasn't the intersectionality series, it, it really is speaking to that intersection. So, Jeremy and I will be leading a support group on OCD as a form of neurodiversity at the San Francisco OCD conference. So, if you are in attendance, come visit us. It will be on a Friday night. She'll be there live, everybody. I'll be there live, in person. That's right. And you will be there, too. Yeah, 99% Stop sure it. that I'll be there. 
stop. I mean, Nicole is 100%. Okay. Which of the following are evidence-based treatments for treating OCD? A, exposure and response prevention. Just kidding. No, that's true. B, medication support. Okay, keep going. C, inference-based CBT. D, internet-based CBT. Internet-based CBT. Yes, sir. Because <laughs> medication, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because, throw, throw pills because at Because I'll it. allow it. <laughs> yes. Well, good. Thank you, you and the American Psychiatric <laughs> Association. But what I will say is, if you've happened upon looking to find more information about ICBT, Internet-based CBT is more commonly associated, it seems, with ICBT than inference-based. I think we'll make a difference there, y'all. Yeah. You and me. Uh-huh. Teamwork makes the dream work. But Internet-based CBT, I don't even know what that shit it's is. It's not real. It's, it's <laughs> probably not real. It's a story. I don't even I think there's one NIH study, and I still don't even know what it says. So, there you have it. Okay, now a little true-false. We're mixing it up. On our trivia, okay? True or false? OCD is egocentric with a person's values. False. You are correct. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. that is true that that is false. Yes, <laughs> that is what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Yes. Tr- yes. Yeah, that gets really logical stuff gets very complex in programming. Good job. That is true that that is true. That, that is, is true. False. That is false. If <laughs> well, yeah, then, it, then. It can get quite crazy, yes. <laughs> You're right. My husband is a programmer, so yes. he thinks in that. Numero dos. That's number two for number y'all. Number two. Right. Uh-huh. Um, most OCD sufferers have a fear of germs. True or false? Most OCD sufferers have a fear of germs. I'm going to say false. Correcto Franco. Yeah, because I mean, like most, like, I mean, some of them definitely do, but Folks most. Folks think of contamination. Right. Yeah, that's like us. the, yeah, that's the stereotype. It is a bit of the stereotype. Right. And certainly people do struggle yeah, yeah, with contamination, yeah. but it is not well, all. stereotypes have some truth to them yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And there are actually a shit ton of subtypes that you can have. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Number three. Having functional certainty is okay. Functional. Oh, this is a good question. Mm-hmm. Having functional certainty is mm-hmm. okay. I'm going to say false. False. That is incorrect. Oh. Functional certainty. If it's functional, it's not dysfunctional. <laughs> ah. So functional certainty is okay. By definition, it's just functional. It's functional. (laughs) It's like saying... We're good with that. Having healthy certainty is okay. It's like, yes, it's healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. We're good. Yeah, and this is more of an ICBT term. So for folks that are in the ERP vein or or newer to ICBT, that probably sounds weird because it's all about embracing the uncertainty. But Mm -hmm. functional certainty... It's okay. So, for example, what that would mean is I'm sitting on a chair and I'm trusting it's not going to just fall beneath me. Yeah, it's okay to have some sort of... Is the house going to blow up in 20 minutes? I don't think so. Yeah. But, so that would be, you know, something I couldn't know. It would be in the land of possibility. But the functional certainty that I'm trusting this chair will work, even if it breaks. And I'm like, well, shit, I didn't see that coming because I trusted it would work. Right. Functional certainty is a okay. All right, number four. 
A person suffering from OCD only has obsessional doubt. Oh, no, no. They have more. Correcto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can have reasonable doubts, too. This yeah. This is another another thing that I appreciate about inference-based CBT is illuminating. Is it always about doubt? Well, it's not always about doubt, but yeah. you can have reasonable doubt. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. If I have a funky-ass-looking mole on my arm, uh-huh. then I might be like, that's a funky-ass-looking mole. And if I go to the dermatologist and they say, agreed, funky-ass-looking mole, we should biopsy that. Then I go, funky-ass-looking mole might be cancer. But if funky-ass-looking biopsy. (laughs) Right. So now I have reasonable doubt that I could have cancer until they come back with the results. Now, if they come back with the results and say, good news, funky-ass-looking mole is nothing to worry about, then I can have that resolve. If they say, good news, funky-ass mole is nothing to worry about, and I go, but what if they're wrong? Now I'm in obsessional doubt. So the difference, we can have reasonable doubts versus obsessional doubts. The difference is when we get the here and now evidence, if we still continue to doubt, that's obsession. But if we get here and now evidence and it's like, resolved. You know, if you went and you were like, oh, I'm pieing up my throat, throat cancer, throat cancer. And you went to a throat cancer doctor and they're like, no throat cancer. And you're like, okay. Then it would be resolved. But if you're like, but what if they're wrong? What if the test results got mixed up? What if they didn't get a big enough sample size and they just don't realize that I actually do have throat cancer? Obsessional doubt. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Mm -hmm. Alternative stories are meant to replace obsessional stories within an obsessional sequence. Yes. No. No? False. Again, we don't... Oh, because we don't want an obsessional sequence. Well, we don't need to argue with OCD. We're literally just presenting right. that there's more than one story available. And usually when we crack the door open, it goes, ah, the story is and everything diffuses the situation. But it's not meant to replace. We know that's a fool's errand, as mm. my caddy told me yeah. long ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, next. It uh-huh. takes an average of 14 to 17 years for a person to be diagnosed with OCD after the onset of symptoms yes true yeah yeah i did i do remember that and my mouth hit the floor when i heard my yeah. jaw hit the floor also for kids <clears throat> it can be two and a half years plus and if you think about it a kid could be any given age that's a significant portion of their life i know right so in terms of for us as adults for me i didn't realize i had ocd into my late 30s Mm-hmm. Probably had it since I was elementary age. Yeah. So 30 some odd years, right? Yeah. Like it's just, it, it, it is what it is. Yep. It, it yep. is what yep. it is. But this is why I'm doing things like the podcast mm-hmm. so that we can raise awareness and have a little more understanding about it. Okay. Next one. A person can have multiple subtypes of OCD, which can change or evolve over time, true or false. Yeah. 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 In fact, it's a misnomer or a myth, if you will, that you would only have one subtype that would show up. I've actually never met anyone with just one subtype. We're all complex Right, and they can ebb and flow with any given period of time or between different developmental periods. It can vary. Right. 
the next one. What we think about ourselves defines our limits. What was your Nightingale, Earl Nightingale? I'm going to say true. False. What? What we think about ourselves defines our limits? What we think about ourselves can be very arbitrary, especially when it comes to OCD. So we're not limited just by the reduction of our thoughts. Uh, It's literally, we can be anything outside of that, but we can get saddled in with that. Okay, I think that the key word there is limit. It probably like we, is. Because yeah. we can be because we can break out of that, but it does require thoughts to break out of that, does it not? Well, if you think I could be dangerous, and so you're terrified because you could be dangerous, and yeah. I need you to do everything to keep people safe from me because I'm dangerous then it would define the limit of what we can really do and function because we're so afraid that Mm -hmm. we're dangerous. Mm -hmm. And realizing that just having a impulsive or a visual or whatever thought doesn't define us and realizing, you know what, this thought is just a thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That doesn't limit us. Thoughts can be powerful. We can... We've talked about this with the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Jerry Seinfeld has this quote. What is the quote? Essentially, it's like what you say, what you project is what you'll become. Yeah. And so, well, it's true that it can be powerful if we're like, I will succeed, then we're going to do it. And we're going to do it until we succeed. Yeah. That can work. But also, if we're like, I'm a dangerous mass murderer, we're also going to be like, oh, my gosh, I'm a dangerous mass murderer. And then, yeah, yeah. I see your point. And so realizing that what we think about ourselves doesn't define our limits, but just because we have this thought doesn't mean shit. Right. We have intrusive thoughts. Right. We can have intrusive thoughts or obsessional doubts. Yeah. And that doesn't define who we are. So it's a little tricky, but that's why I included it because that's how I'm real. I just want to say to your, thank you for everything you're doing for your audience. And thank you that you are, the world gets to see what a caring and loving person that you are. I get to see it every day. And I will tell you that I am super proud of you. And I think that you have done an amazing thing for this community. So if you have it, cue the round of applause because you deserve (laughs) it. This is the moment where the applause goes beep. It's on right now. Okay. I am just super proud of everything you're accomplishing here, and I could not be more thrilled, and I'm just really excited to see where this goes in season two. Thank you, and I appreciate your participation in this podcast. You've been a guest a couple times over, and Mm -hmm. I will say also, I told Patrick last year, probably around this time even, I was like, you know what, babe? I'm going to do a a, a podcast for the OCD family community. And he was like, okay, yeah. And I was like, it's going to work. It's going to be helpful. She was like, it's going to be big. That's what she told me. (laughs) It's going to be big. She told me that a few times. (laughs) I did say that. Like, no, no, it'll be successful. And he was like, okay. And I'm like, no, it will. (laughs) Uh uh People will want it. Don't get in the way of Nicole. (laughs) Oh, I believed it would because you believed it would too. So I knew it would. Well, and I guess it speaks a little bit to the, what we put out there we can achieve. Right. But Mm -hmm. we are more than just our thoughts. And this has been bigger than me 
Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you sharing that and validating me, but I also have to validate you, OCD family community, because I'm one person. I've said it jokingly before, but here in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana, and I'm nothing without you. And mm-hmm. we are worldwide. We are every continent except Antarctica, which please, who's in it? Eventually you'll get there. Eventually. Yes, I will say this morning I was sitting with my husband and a dear friend and we were listening to somebody share a story about themselves and they both looked at me and said, oh, do you hear it? Like, you know, they heard the OCD thought loop and I was like, not only do I hear it, but the fact that awareness is being raised that you hear it and not to say we should go around pathologizing people and not indicating that by any means but just the awareness of oh that sounds like OCD and it's hard that has been the aim here and I've been able to create that together with you because the OCD family community here knows it and so I am in a silo on my own without people joining me and I think you guys I think you Patrick and everybody else that has joined me along the way So I have enjoyed this thoroughly. I am going to enjoy summer break thoroughly, although I have nerded out. But thank you. And Mm -hmm. thank you, Patrick, for being a support. I've I've had many things. It has helped that my kids are getting close to nearly all school aged at this point. Yeah, we couldn't (laughs) do it if that were the case. Right. But he has had to cover me. There have been weekends or late night things and just times where I'm meeting with guests or working on different edits and has also had to provide that support so that I could have the time to devote to the podcast. So I thank you as well. It's a team effort, as most things are. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no I in team. Uh, But I thank you, OCD family community. I thank my family here. And really look forward to the growth that will continue. It's been an exciting year. I feel privileged, almost like I'm getting my own little doctorate here from all of the amazing professionals and OCD warriors and OCD-related warriors that have graced us with sharing their stories or their insights or their research. And so it's been great, and I look forward to it. And I hope you will tune in to the summer series because it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thanks, babe. Love Thank you. you. I love you. Thank All you for right. everything you're doing. Yeah, you All too. Right. It's All been right. fun. Thank you for that. Okay, y'all. So, I have to be honest. We have had such a crazy week around here. It is the end of the school year, and every day or every other day, and every day there is an award banquet or a mile run or end of the year meeting, class party, lots of different things, fun things, but exhausting. It's late. And as I talked about in the beginning of the episode with Patrick, which thank you again, Patrick, here's the deal, y'all. I've wanted to do so many things today and so many other things that needed to be done also crowded the day. I wanted to start this giveaway. And realistically, I just don't think I'm going to be able to roll out the giveaway today because I got to get some sleep. So here's the deal. 
I wanted to start this going into week one, but I'm just going to be real and go, you know what? There's only so much I can do. (laughs) And so I'm going to start the giveaway, which we know is coming up. I'm going to start the giveaway next week, launching it with the premiere of the summer series for the Water Cooler Chats. So I hope you will join us. Again, these are going to be much shorter episodes, which for some of y'all, you're like, that's that's where I hang. I do better in a in a three to five minute little content episode. But in addition to that, we do usually have these longer episodes because there is a lot to discuss. There's a lot of confusion. <laughs> Inane brain questions can come up but also a lot of confusion when it comes to OCD. And really this fam, this community is to help the family have more support and understanding. So I think it is worthwhile that we go through learning more about OCD, hearing people's stories, relating to people's experiences, understanding how that functions and all those things. So I've really enjoyed being able to do these longer episodes. I'm also going to really enjoy sharing these just bite-sized morsels of refreshment and encouragement to you guys over the summer. So as I wrap these full-length episodes for season one, again, thank you so much. And I'm also, I'm proud of myself. (laughs) <laughs> Not just we're creating this podcast. I'm I'm proud of the podcast, but I'm zoomed in to this moment right now and I'm proud of myself for saying, you know what? I wanted to start this giveaway today and I wanted it to flow a certain way and I ran out of time and that's okay. It's okay. And so I'm proud of myself and this is why I think this makes for a great intrusive segment then. Because I can tell y'all, all the distress that I'm feeling about how this has to be a certain way is the story that I'm creating, that it has to be a certain way. Because what if I don't get the giveaway started? And I said I was going to do it, and we talked about it earlier in the episode. What will that mean for people? And I think people will be okay. Right, fam? And if you're not, okay. But I'm doing my best and realizing, hey, It doesn't have to be just a certain way or else. And I'm just going to keep living and doing my thing and hopefully getting a good night's rest before starting again tomorrow. So next week, family, next week, I hope you will tune in to the water cooler chats and (laughs) the giveaway. And feel free to jump on over to OCDFamilyPodcast.com if you would like to download a copy of the PDFs for the Forbidden Words game. That was a fun game. And yeah, just thank you again for everything, for all of your support, for all of your engagement, and for all that you are doing for your loved ones. You are making a difference, and I appreciate you. So with that, family, I'll bid you adieu, (laughs) and I hope to see you around the water cooler. Thank you for joining me and our OCD family community. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please like and subscribe to the OCD Family Podcast wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Did you find this content helpful? Please consider leaving a review. The more people that know they're not alone, the better. 
For more information regarding today's podcast, please visit ocdfamilypodcast.com and remember to join the email list while you're there. It will provide you with the most up-to-date information, resources, and the download on the family chatter. Oh yeah, nothing says family like getting things done with just a few puns. That's right, I went there. And you can too at ocdfamilypodcast.com.